episode 179 of the Bevan James Isle Show, how to keep chasing but enjoying the moment as well. Radio team, welcome along to episode 179 of the Bevan James Oh Show, your fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of exercise so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. Uh, I've, got a, I've actually got a pretty cool show coming out today. Actually, oh, oh, there's so much on my mind right now, I could literally go in a hundred different directions, but I'm going to try to stay focused. Today's show, I've got a, a question through from one of the listeners um, asking if I'd done a, a, a show on the idea of how to enjoy more of today when you seem to always chasing tomorrow is, is a good way of putting it. So I'm going to be getting into that in the main part of today's show. Uh, I do have a subject I do want to talk a little bit about before that, but I also just want to mention that my book is coming along. So I'm doing book number two, pretty excited about it, and it's probably going to be October before I finish my first draft. So I imagine book number two will probably be ready to, you know, for you guys to, to share with your world. And around about early 2021. So, with this in mind, I'm just planting seeds in your head because I want you to help me get my book out there when it comes out. So I'm just kind of planting, I'm going to do some stuff around it at the time, which is going to be some pretty cool stuff. That's a way that can um, help you help me. Uh, and also get some benefits for you along the way. So I'm just kind of, I'll be planting some seeds in your head in the next few episodes of this because I want you to help me. Because the whole idea of this book is, uh, it's really designed for someone who's not exercising and it's really designed to help them love exercise. And I think I'm creating, I hope I'm creating something that's pretty special in this area. So just keep that in your back of your mind that in early 2021, you're going to help Bev get his book out there. Secondly, um, just, it was just an interesting experience the other night. Uh, we had some fr- friends around for dinner, and um, my fr- we've got great friends, and we're just getting some bit deeper meaningfuls at the end of the night, and for some reason the topic of money came up, and it was um, really interesting when with the conversation with my friends, because you could see that their financial management, like it's not their financial situation, because I think they're in a pretty good financial situation, but their financial management created tension in their relationship. So when we started talking about money, you could see that these two had a bit of a disconnect around what was happening with with their finances. And it was a really interesting situation because often I I see in a lot of relationships, particularly relationships who uh, got young families, you know, where you're in that really kind of high, most highest stress moment of life. Like when we think about life, particularly if you've gone down the route of kids and career and stuff like that, in a relationship, you know, if we kind of think of the traditional nuclear family, um, there's there's high points of stress, and a real high point of stress is when you've got young kids and you're trying to get a little bit ahead in life with your finances, and so there's these kind of, you know, I'm sure anyone who's in their late fifties who've got their kids out of the door and, you know, kind of in that higher earning period of your life, that sure you have stresses, but it's not like when you're at that stage when you're early on in your family life. And um, one of the things I often think about in this time here is how everyone is stressed and everyone thinks that the other, nobody else understands how stressed I am. And it's that thing of, you know, one partner may be 
you know, working more, and so that, that you know you don't get how much I'm working, and then they come home and they got to do more around the house, and the other part they might be doing more around the house, but also doing a part-time job, and and they think you don't understand how hard I'm working, and so on and so on. So there's this real problem because what happens is it almost creates a a divide between the two people because both of them feel that they're being un, unfairly treated in the situation, and that the other person just doesn't understand. Now, the problem with the situation is that often both people are feeling the same way. And so it creates this real problem because you don't understand, I'm working hard, and the other person's feeling the same way. So it kind of creates this disconnect. Now, you can see there's a lot of people in this stage of life when they've got young kids, you know, they aren't quite financially set yet, or they're just, you know, getting into their first house or something like that. So there's, there's kind of a lifestyle change that they're working through as well. Well, I was talking to my friends every night, and you could see that they had tension in the relationship around money. And I don't know if it was, I don't think it was an earning money thing, but it was just more a disconnect. And, and the reason it was, and it was interesting talking to them, they were quite open to us, and we were kind of in a good discussion around it. And the reason was, is they had no system around their finances. So one of the partners pretty much looked after the money, and the other partner just kind of hoped that the other partner was doing it well. The problem that we were seeing from the outside looking in was that because they didn't really have a team-connected system around their finances, each of them were making decisions without alignment. So, for example, one of the partners decided to try pick up more work, um, but they found that it put a lot of pressure on the family life because they had less time at home, and so because they had less time at home, things were falling behind at home, and there was a little bit of stress that came around that. And then the other partner was working more at the job that they currently have, and so then they felt they got home, and they felt pressure when they got home because the other partner had to go out and do more work. And so there was this real disconnect. And what was really fascinating was... Each of them were making decisions that I think both of them thought was good for the relationship, but actually they were making these decisions in a way that was actually hurting the relationship. So again, the example of one partner thinking they wanted to, needed to earn some more money, going out and getting more work, they were doing that for a good cause because they thought maybe the relationship needs more money. So they were going out and getting more work, but it was actually creating more pressure on the relationship. And then the other partner was, was working more and then coming home and having to take more responsibility of the family stuff because they were working more. And they thought but working more would help the family. But again, it was creating more stress on the relationship. Now, the interesting thing about this situation was that both of their intent was great. And both of their intent was to try to help the unit get better. But because there was no clear communication of understanding of their situation and also no clear communication and, and kind of um, system around what where are we, what are our objectives and what are we trying to work towards. They were basically going in different directions even though the, the intent was right. So the, both of them were doing what they felt was good for the relationship in this situation, but it was actually pulling them apart and creating tension in their life. And it's always interesting when you're, when you're not in something, isn't it? Because often when you're not in something it can seem really clear the behaviours or the things that need to change. You know, I'm sure you've had a friend who's in a bad relationship and, you know, it's pretty clear that the things that they need to do to be able to shift to get to a better place. And that might be about making changes in the relationship, might be about getting out of the relationship, but from the outside looking in, it's kind of obvious. And that was the situation that we were in as we were kind of talking to our friends the other night. They've got, they've got some tension in their relationship, 
But it's fundamentally because I haven't sat down and kind of done some budgeting, sat down and said, okay, where are we right now? What are we hoping to achieve right here? And what's the wisest path forward? Because I imagine if they'd done that, if they kind of, just even those three simple steps, sat down, done a budget, kind of set up some kind of routine around that, set up good understanding of where they are and set up a, a kind of a teamwork unified decision around where they're trying to go, they'd be making much better decisions as a team in their unit. So that partner who felt maybe they needed to earn more money may have sat down and realised, actually, we're in a pretty good position. We don't need to stress. I don't need to be looking for more work. And the other partner, you know, could have done some other things. You know, like um, I, one thing we were talking about is maybe um, one of the, if they don't want to do so much cleaning because the house is so busy with kids and family, maybe they can afford to get a clean once a week. Now, I'm not quite sure of their financial situations, but the other partner might have supported the other person in that. So, But th- the key point of what I'm talking about here is Sometimes we have big problems in our lives because we just haven't spent the time working with the people we're working with, creating understanding about where we currently are, and then also creating a, a unified kind of choice model that we want to work towards as we move forward. Think about your life. Uh, particularly if you're in a relationship, but maybe in a non-relationship, maybe in work relationships or just in any situation where you're working with other people. How many times are you having issues with that person because both of you just don't have very good understanding? You're not on the same page with something. But actually, even before that, it's not even about being on the same page. The first part is the understanding. You know, like going back to my friends the other night, is that they, they, they both are seeing things differently. And so because they don't have an understanding of the situation, it's really hard for them to be on the same page because they're seeing things from a different angle. Whereas if they were, and finances is a really simple one. Finances, sit down to a budget. You know, like, you know, uh, one of the greatest ways to be good at finances is to do a budget. So for, if they were to sit down, spend some time figuring out where the finances are, sit down and spend how much they're spending in different areas and sit down to a budget, that gets them good understanding. And then they can start to talk about what do we want to be or where do we want to move forward? And it's about getting on the same page together. And it's just, it's just, you know, like it was just really interesting because you could see with my friends overnight, this was an area that created a lot of attention in their relationship. And the steps are pretty easy. Sit down, do a budget, sit down, decide how you want to go, and then make choices together from that way moving forward. And and they could remove a lot of kind of stress from their life if they just did this little step. And, and you know, in our conversation with them, I kind of just said, well, you know, we've gone pretty deep tonight, guys. You know, uh, maybe... The thing I will challenge you on is to make sure you do the work. And it's always the thing. You know, often in relationships what happens is, is we have a tension moment. We have a moment where the tension builds to there's a problem and it finally comes to the surface. Actually, I was talking to someone about this the other day. Um, the tension finally comes to the surface. You bring up the problem. You kind of offload. Both people offload. And sometimes it can be quite ugly. But then you get to the other side of it and you realize you love each other and, and so on. And then you go slowly back to what you're going to do. You go slowly back to the behaviours that create that tension moment. The real key thing is that you actually put the time aside to make sure you do the work. So for my friends, they you know they need to make sure they put some time aside to sit down and go, okay, where's our budget at right now? So we can get that understanding. And then what's our philosophy and what's how we're going to work together as a team and what decisions do we need to make together so we move forward in this area in a way that's less stressful and more powerful for our relationship. 
So just some stuff to think about that there, and I'll just quickly recap it because it's kind of important. When you're working with other people, try to work together to have a clear understanding of the situation. In the financial situation, that is creating a budget. Then from there, what you want to do is you want to get on the same page together and determine the philosophies and what you're trying to aim for and working together in that area, and then move forward and do the work. Now, what you also want to add to it is this continuous kind of checking in. And again, finance is a great example. Like I've talked on the show how I'm really good with money, and my wife and I are really good with money, and each week we have a budget meeting. And the value of the budget meeting is we just see where we currently are with our finances. So then we can make really good decisions around it. So it wasn't just once we had a budget and we thought, okay, here's where we need to go. Is we consistently do this process that helps us to make better decisions in this area. And it's quite nice because financial stress is not something that my wife and I experience a lot of. And it's not because we're earning huge money. It's because we have good understanding and we work as a team together around our financial decisions. So just some stuff to think about there. Uh, I got a new patron this month. And I've got to say, it's a, it's a lady I know. Her name is Belinda Thomas. Belinda Thomas um, is... She did my running group a few years ago and then kind of went away and she's just come back recently with a good friend of hers called Jody. Uh, and Belinda is... When you think of a lovely person... That is Belinda. She's very caring. Uh, she's, she seems to have a very really kind of happy awe about her. But she's also a hardcore athlete. You know, like I, I think about athletes and I think about speed as an athlete is one thing. Now, Belinda's actually a pretty fast runner. But when we think about speed of an athlete, that's one thing. But speed doesn't necessarily mean that someone's hardcore. Because you get a lot of people who, like I've trained people who are quite fast runners but don't have the ability to push themselves to the edge. And then I've had people who aren't necessarily that fast, but oh my God, they are mentally tough. And Belinda is a bit like this. You can just see she has this real desire to, to kind of really chase when she's when she's exercising. And so um, I kind of thought, because when you become a patron of the show, you get a nickname, and I kind of thought her nickname should be Happy Hardcore <laughs> because she is she comes across as a very happy soul. And she's, I don't know, she's just someone who I, I always enjoy the energy she brings to my life but she's also pretty bloody hardcore so Belinda your nickname Belinda Thomas is happy hardcore Belinda Thomas if you want to become a patron of the show go to bevanjamesisles.com and yeah just go you'll see support the show or go to podcast support the show and you can just go through the process and you just donate a little bit of your hard-earned money my way each time I release a show other than that I think I should get into the main gist of today's show here we go So I actually got an email from my new patron and uh, Belinda Happy Hardcore Thomas and she was just asking a question which I think a lot of people maybe struggle with and uh, she was asking if I've done a podcast on this topic and so she said, have you ever done a podcast of, on enjoying where we are instead of chasing the next thing? For example, I always want to be faster but actually enjoying where I am should be good too. I've made a lot of progress but I think it's human wiring that we are always wanting to do better. What I mean is, it doesn't matter how fast it goes, there is always going to be someone faster. So looking at things from other perspectives to help me on my journey. So ultimately what I think Belinda's kind of identifying here is this thing of chasing the next level and seeking a better version of myself is coming at a cost of me allowing to enjoy the moment. 
And I imagine this is something that a lot of us experience is that, you know, we, we all want to get better. Well, I imagine we do. I, you know, I think I think we most feel alive when we're growing and we're developing ourselves. And so, like, it's a, it is a good thing to have in your life. But if I can't enjoy the now, then that can almost ruin the experience. And it's something I see a lot of my runners. I see a lot of my runners who are just chasing, 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 chasing. Oh, I, I need to get better. I need to get better. And... Sometimes, as a coach, my job is to teach them, actually, well, why aren't you enjoying the now? Because if you can't enjoy the now and you can't enjoy the little moments along the way, I wonder if ultimately that pushes you away from something that's good for you in your life. Like, if you're always beating yourself up, is it really that attractive to keep going to that place? Now, I'm not sure if Belinda's always beating herself up. I don't know if it's coming from that place. But I think ultimately what she's saying is, how do you get that mix of both? How do you get that mix of seeking self-improvement and development and growth but also just being able to kind of suck up the now and enjoy the now in a way that's really powerful for you so I kind of sat down before today's episode and I kind of just wrote down some notes around it so I'm going to kind of loosely talk to these notes because I do have some thoughts on it but I'm sure you do as well so if you want to share your thoughts with me you can email them to me Um, I think the first thing to say is that what we're not saying here is that we should not worry about growing tomorrow it's 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 not a binary thing. It's not on or off. It's, what we're trying to say here is that we can have both. We can have as a desire to improve ourselves, a desire to make tomorrow better, a desire to chase things that are hard that do give us satisfaction and a future that's you know more exciting and prosperous and so on. But that doesn't mean we can't also enjoy the moment now. And so I think, because I think sometimes people think that, they, you know, you can only have one or the other. So it's like, if I, you know, if I can just enjoy now, then I, actually interesting, I have a client who I work with, and one of her biggest fears was, if I don't have the chase, the, the desire for tomorrow, will I just become a slacker? And so, you know, we had to work through that with this person. Now, so I think my first point to acknowledge is, you can have both. That it's okay to chase tomorrow. But I probably want to think about, what you're chasing when you're chasing tomorrow and it's a really good thing to think about to identify within yourself what do I need and want from this what do I need and want from this this is a really interesting example because when we think about what you need and want from this or or why is it growing important in this area you know what do I need and want from this now sometimes we're growing for the wrong reasons you know, sometimes we're chasing something because, you know, like you can think of lots of people who have examples in their life where they are seeking growth, but it's mainly because they don't have to, like in one area. So you see this a lot of athletes, actually. You see a lot, like when I did triathlon, you see a lot of triathletes who do this, who keep chasing triathlon success or growth when fundamentally it's actually not the area of their life where they should be growing. It's just that they're good at that area. So it's almost like their growth in triathlon is suppressing the area they really need to grow in. And so when you sit down and you kind of think, okay, well, what do I need and want from this growth? You know, sometimes it, 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 it might not necessarily be the right thing to be chasing. And it's a good thing to kind of identify because let's say you're, you're um, doing triathlon because you feel it's helping you grow, but actually when you ask yourself, what do I need and want from this, then what you really need is you need more love and support in your life. Well, doing more triathlon may be not the right area to be growing in right now. 
you know, maybe it's about spending some time developing relationships and putting yourself in situations where you can develop and nurture relationships that gives you a sense of community, belonging, um, giving back and those types of things. So I think just first of all, to really understand what you're chasing in tomorrow is is a really important thing. Now, it's not to say that it's not a good thing because often what you need and want is, is good. Is I, I I need a level of discipline that I that I want to experience. Oh, that's a good thing to need. Um, I want to experience a harder moment in my life. I want to experience who am I when it's really tough in a challenging situation. Like that's a really cool thing to chase, isn't it? Like, like I often talk to my classes and I say, you know, the thing I love is about hard exercise is it gives you a sense of identity, that in your hardest moment, I'm the kind of person who will do this thing. And so sometimes we need proof. Sometimes we need to find a higher level of ourselves. So, you know, like that discipline thing. So first of all, understanding what your needs and wants around the growth of tomorrow is really important because if we can understand that, A, we can understand if, if we're, how we're going about it is the right way. And B, once we also understand that, then we can kind of really put our focus on how do we achieve more of that. So if it is about more discipline, well then you can kind of think about how you can get more discipline in your training. If it is about just experiencing that higher self, you can look at moments, like I think about, I'm just coaching the runners this morning and they did a hard session, like I, it was my advanced group of runners and they were doing an 80 minute session and basically 60 minutes of it, they run pretty bloody hard. And as a coach, one thing I always talk to them about in the last 20 minutes of this is I talk about how right now you're tired, right now it's getting hard, and right now there's an opportunity. Because there's an opportunity for you to learn how you work through a time like this. Because on your race day, if you race wisely, you're going to hit a moment like this, and you can choose just to think, well, just get to the finish. Or you can choose to put in strategies that are going to help you be a higher level of yourself. And that's what we want to think about. You know, So in this situation, that's how you could look at it. So first of all, the needs around it is really important. Secondly, then when it comes to developing your growth, what's the wisest way to develop your growth? You know, like, I have to think about myself, and this is where piano's been so good in my life. Early on in life, I learned that effort was a key way for me to grow. So I was Mr. Effort. No one, no one worked harder than I did. Wow. I'm sure people did, but you know, there weren't as many people out there who worked as hard as I did because I just figured out this formula, mate. If I want to be good at something, I'll work hard at it. And then I started learning piano, and effort got me to a point, but it didn't actually make me as successful as I could have been. And then I learned about wise planning. Like I remember one time years ago, I had this young, this one of my runners had a very a son who was a very good cyclist, and um. He, he was he was kind of not performing, like how he trained wasn't being transferred into how he raced. And so the parent asked me if I could have a chat to him. And so the kid came around and you could just see ambitious. Um, you could see when he trained, he was aggressive. Like yeah, He was a bit like me, a legend of effort. You know, no one trained as hard as him and so on. But when it transferred to cycle racing, he didn't perform. And that was because when you race in cycling, cycle racing isn't, if it's important, and you need to have the fitness behind you to be able to deliver at that level, but cycle racing, the proper cycle racing, like, like you know, Tour de France kind of stuff, it's a game of chess. What they're doing, it's such a, a, an intricate sport where there's these little moves happening all the time, and, you, and you're assessing, and you're making decisions, and you go, you've got to make sure you make the right move at the right time, and this kid, like me, thought if it was everything, and he wasn't performing, because he hadn't looked at his sport 
as a game of chess. And after my talk, I talked to him about, well, why are you going hardcore in a 100K race? Why are you going hardcore in the first 20K? You know, who cares if you're the hardest working person at that point? That's not the, how you play that game of chess. And uh, his parents said to me that the talk really helped him and he ended up performing a lot higher after the fact. And so when we think about how we're going to grow, what's your plan for growth? And then how do you make sure you're evolving that to make yourself better at growth? Now, I won't go too deep into this side here because I, you know, Belinda's question was more around being present in the now and enjoying the now. But I just wanted to kind of touch on a couple of things about growth. So why? Why are you trying to grow in this area? Is it the right area to be growing? And if so, how do you enhance it? And then what's your strategy for growth? I think that's a really important thing to think about. But then we start to think about the now and Belinda's dilemma of how can I just be more satisfied with the now and it's probably a good way of putting it um, that I'm a, how do I just allow myself to enjoy the now and for me I think the best approach we want to start thinking about is putting processes in place that actually happen with this and actually a good example I had a, a runner this morning who on Saturday, on Saturday what we did with my former half marathon group we do what we call a practice race day and on their practice race day they treat it pretty much like they're running their race up to about 16k so a half marathon is a 21k race and on this day we do everything like you're going to do on race day so they get up early they have a breakfast like that they have a, we have a warm-up like a proper race warm-up we get them out there to do a pacing strategy a nutrition strategy and we're just getting them used to how to navigate the race and we do it to about 16ks so the last 5ks of the race is what they'll face on race day and one of my runners was just having a really mental tough day, mentally having a really tough day. And this is one of my runners who has progressed so much, but you could see maybe doesn't let themselves own their success. And so I kind of talked to them about this on Saturday. And, and this morning I was coaching the same runner. And they said to me, what was really interesting after the session on Saturday, Bevan, is I went home and I looked at the last time I did the practice race day, which she may have done like, I don't know, maybe six months ago. And she said, for the same distance, I was 16 minutes faster. So this person's had massive progress. Like they have absolutely smacked it out of the park. 16 minutes over 16 Ks, that is huge, massive progress. But because a bit like Belinda, they never allowed themselves to, to enjoy their success along the way, they were always just kind of disappointed in themselves. Even when the evidence was saying they are killing it. And so as I was coaching this person this morning, I said, I want, I want to put a process in your life. I said, give me one area where you think you are hard on yourself. Where, you know, or, or where you work against yourself, I think is how I termed it. And I said, I'm just too hard on myself. I, I'm just always hard on myself. I, I'm kind of subconsciously what they're saying is that I'm just never good enough and so um, and I think the other term she said was that I'm, I'm mentally weak so I said to her okay what I want you to do is each morning I want you to do my defining moments thing so I want you to look at your day and I want you to find some moments where you're going to be mentally challenged so it might be in a run it might be confrontation at work it might be something around, you know, eating good nutrition, it might be going to bed on time, whatever, just something where you know you need a bit of a mental edge. And once you've identified that moment, determine the actions you're going to take. So that's kind of my defining moments. I don't know, go back and listen to my defining moments podcast about that. Then from there, what you want to do is at the end of the day, reflect upon your day, and then reflect upon those defining moments, and see the moments where you took the, the tough decision 
when you made the mentally harder decision. And what's really important at that moment is that you see it, but also that you own it, that you allow yourself to feel good that you were mentally tough at that moment. And what that's doing is, is it's allowing you to actually have ownership of your good. Now, ultimately, I suppose for this person, what we want to do is for them to get good in the moment catching that. So we've kind of added a, a pre-moment to see where it's going to happen and to strategize around it. Then we've added a post-moment at the end of the day to reflect upon and to reinforce that, hey, actually, maybe I am mentally tougher than I thought, which helps to shift our identity around that. But ultimately, what we want to get to is to, to kind of go in the moment, geez, I am pretty good at being mentally tough. And so for me, one of the first things we want to start thinking about is what systems do I need to actually put in my day that are going to help me be more in the moment in those times? So if I think of Belinda, like we do these track sessions and they're really hard track sessions and Belinda loves killing herself in it. So she, she you know, I, I know that she loves intensity. I know that she loves to push really hard. So when she's pushing hard in that moment, maybe one thing she could do is before she turns up to the run is to go, when I experience the intense moment, I'm going to remind myself I love being in this place and I'm going to spend a moment to enjoy it. So it's this little bit of a process before the experience that helps her put herself in the right perspective at that moment to help her to embrace and, and actually just enjoy that place. So, so that's one way to do it. But I think another thing to, to also for us to all to identify is what do you love doing? You know, in, in a day-to-day way, like just to embrace, just to, to actually sit back and go, okay, what do I love? Okay, well, I, like for example, I love being in nature. I love challenging myself. I love being creative. I love contributing. I love helping people grow. These are things I love doing in my life. And when I think about how I'm trying to develop myself as a person, I'm definitely trying to grow in those ways. So, you know, if you think of that version of me five years from now and how I set goals, it's all about that kind of stuff. But also what I want to do is, knowing that I love these things, then in my day-to-day moment, when I experience these things, to go, oh, that's one of those moments. Like a really good example for me, we do these these track sessions and we do them uh, in mornings and nights and in the morning sessions, like sometimes we, it can be, I, I'm up at quarter to five in the morning, I drive to the to my local park, um, we've got, I have to set up these lights in winter because it's so dark, so I've set up these like 15 lights on a track and put these cones out and, um, you know, you could you could kind of think, poor me. Now you could think, oh, poor me, I've got to be up at this time of the day. Often it can be crappy and cold and I've got gloves on. You could think, oh, this kind of sucks. But luckily for me, I have this ability to see the moment for what, what it's giving me. Like I, I, I love it. The stars are out and I'm walking around putting these cones out and, and I'm kind of, kind of smiling to myself. I think, geez, I'm lucky because kind of the world's asleep and I'm out here experiencing nature right now because nature is core to me. And then I always remind myself before a session I have an opportunity to help people grow. Like I always remind myself of that. And so that's another moment where I'm, I'm reminding myself of I'm getting an opportunity to do right now the thing that I, I want to do with my life. I get, you know, people are paying me money and turning up at six in the morning for me to help them grow. Like, how cool is that? And so you could look at this in a way where it's like, oh, poor me, because it's cold, it's wet, or it's not or sometimes wet, it's cold, dark, and, you know, poor me. But because I know what I love, nature, helping people grow, 
and those types of things, I'm able to capture them in the moment. So I think another area that we can really focus on with this one here is to have a true understanding of what you really enjoy. So that when you're in the moment of that thing, you can just sit back and go, you know what, this is one of those moments. This is one of the things that I love doing. You know, even right now, like I love thinking about subjects. You know, I was talking to my mate Porno last night, we were having good, deep and meaningful, and we were talking about um, the value of freedom. What's the value of freedom? And to me, the value of freedom is you can think about what you want to think about. You know, like it was funny, my wife and I, we don't buy, we don't buy the lotto, you know, like, just draw a pen, uh, we don't drop, we don't buy lotto, but in New Zealand a couple of weeks ago, we had the $50 million lotto, which for New Zealand is huge, I know some places in the world have like a billion dollar lotto, but New Zealand, 50 million, so we, we, we bought it, and it was really fascinating because um, buying a lotto ticket, like, we didn't win, we got one number, we spent like 20 bucks and we got one number, like it was a waste of money. Uh, but what it did do is it opened you up to the, the possibility of what if. And it also opens you up to discussion of what would you do. And it was really interesting because there was the obvious things. There was, we'd probably have a nice holiday, maybe buy a bigger house, you know, like, you, you know, the, actually, you've got to be honest, the material things didn't really even come into the discussion. It was a lot about how you'd help your friends and your family. Um, and then... What would you do with your purpose? And luckily for me, it kind of would be the same stuff. All I want to be doing is just more of what I do. I just have more resources to help people do it with. Like, that was, that's, that's it. Because I want to spend my time in my life thinking about how I help others grow. You know, like, that, that's the problem solving I want to do. And so when I get to do this podcast, like, Belinda asked me this question. And so for, like, 20 minutes, I sat down. I wrote down some points. And I, you know... I had this cool moment in my day where I got to think about a subject and that's something I love doing. So today I've had this opportunity to do something I love doing and, I've, and capturing the moment for it. So like with Belinda with her running, I know she loves to push herself hard. Now it might be working towards a goal of being better tomorrow, but when she's pushing herself hard, it's also really important to go, oh, this is the moment I love. You know, when we think about athletes in a race, you know, the athletes who get it are the ones who when their competitions put into the max go thank you for taking me to this place like you're taking me to a place i couldn't go by myself and and i want to be in this place and you know with belinda that's something that she wants from her intensity in that way so i suppose my answer to the question fundamentally is is you need to put tools in your life that capture that it can be the gratitude journal, it can be identifying the things you love, it can be um, seeing the moment beforehand and capturing it afterwards. Actually, another really good quick one to do is the alarm. So um, one thing I sometimes do with my clients is, especially if they're working against themselves, is just for them to get an awareness of how much they're working against themselves. So what I'll do is I'll get them to put 10 different diary buzzers in their, in their phone each day. So it might be, you know, 8 o'clock, 9.30, you know, so on. And what you do is you just, every time the alarm goes off, they just have to write down the thoughts that were going on in their head. And for a lot of people who are really negative on themselves, it's just a really good awareness tool for them to go, oh my God, I'm, I'm way too harsh on myself all the time.
But we could flip it on its head. We could put an alarm to go off, and then every time you go to the alarm, you got to go, oh, what about this moment makes me realise I'm enjoying my life? What about this moment can I capture? Because the thing about perspective is, you know, we talk about glass half full and glass half empty. It really does shift how you experience your life. And if you can put good tools in place that actually conscious, and actually if we think back to the conversation I was having around the finances for my friends, you've got to put the tools in place. So for Belinda and for those people who are listening right now and who identify with what I'm talking about, I would say, A, definitely chase growth. We want to be a better version of ourselves. We want to seek higher levels. We want to experience what that means to be that version of ourselves and do it in wise ways. But also, enjoy today. And the best way to do that, if that's something you don't do, is create systems and structures that allow that to happen consciously. Now, over time, I imagine if you do that, they'll become more of a subconscious thing in your experience. And I guarantee if you can get a good blend of both, it's a much better life for you, where you can kind of go, I'm so lucky I get to live today like this. And I'm really excited about what I'm going to experience tomorrow because I'm growing. And to me, if you can do that well, you're going to be a much better version of yourself. Right, that's today's show pretty much done and dusted. I hope there's stuff in there. It's kind of, um, yeah, yeah. It's important that we enjoy today. It really is, isn't it? Like it's it's so important that we enjoy today. And you know, what is worry? Well, worry is is worrying about things in the future. And the interesting thing about worry is is that we often worry ten steps down the line. And the ability to kind of pull back from that, you know, we, you know, when you know, look what's happening in the world right now you know, with the virus that's going around. And, and, you know, there's a level of concern that we all should have and there's a level of rational thinking that should go around this and rational actions that we should take around this. And then there's a, a level of where it's maybe consuming you in a way that's actually not worth your time. And one of the downfalls of worry and that kind of being disappointed in ourselves is that we don't get to enjoy today. Like when you're worrying something about something, how present are you? Like really, when you, you know, when you're really worried about something, you're not present. And ultimately what we want in life is we want presence. You know, the more present that we can be, the better experience we're going to have with this thing called life. And um, I don't know what happens once we've gone through this life, but let's make sure we make the most of this one. So hopefully today's with some good stuff in there for you guys. I'll be back in a couple of weeks, but before I do, I just want to make a couple of quick mentions. If you want to run 5Ks and you are a non-exerciser, I've got a product called My 5K Dream. It's an online course to take you from doing nothing to running 5Ks in 10 weeks. And it's basically me holding your hand through the whole process. It's pretty thorough. Exercise-wise, it's the program. There's strength videos. There's yoga videos. There's technique videos. There's injury prevention videos. Like, I put a lot of work into that. Um, there's also, like, everything you need videos. But also, the, the real key thing about this program is it's basically me mentoring through you through the whole journey. So each week along the way, I give you a 30 to probably a 20 to 30 minute mentoring session. And it's where I'm, it's automated, but it's basically where I teach you all the key lessons you need to know to be successful along the way. If you do want to run 5Ks, check out my5kdream.com. And I actually have one slot available for coaching right now. So if you are wanting to get some one-on-one coaching with me, they hardly ever come up, but I have one available right now, so you can come get in contact with me about that. Uh, if you want to be a patron of the show, go to bevanjamesisles.com. Thank you to all the patrons. You guys are absolute rock stars. I'm going to get off and call this a day. Um, yeah. It's just, just lastly, you know me, I'm random. I come out with random thoughts. 
I've just had one of those moments on my piano recently where I've just realised I got a bit better. And uh, what a cool moment that is. It's just a breakthrough moment. You know, like when the things that used to really make, were really hard for me, I don't know, in the last three or four months, I've just, I've just clicked to another level. Like I'm, I'm no Beethoven, don't worry about that. But I'm, I'm better. And it's really cool because I work really hard at being piano. And sometimes you think, like, am I ever going to get there? And then sometimes you have this moment where you go, oh, no, I'm another level. And it was interesting, actually, because our friends came around that night. And I've been, I play that song, um, Kissing You by Desiree. And normally when I, when I play with my friends around, I'm really insecure, really vulnerable. And I tend to make lots of mistakes because I go to that self-aware place. But because I, was, I, I realized I'm going to another level, I played fine. I was kind of more confident in my ability. Um, you've got to stick at things, guys. You really do. And when you do, you get these moments. They feel pretty cool. And, you know, maybe I'll stick at it some more and who knows where my next step for me and my piano playing is. So, just want to share it for you because I'm kind of, it was kind of a cool moment for me. Anyway, I'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. I'll probably have an interview lined up for you next time. Keep doing what you're doing. You absolutely rock. As always, keep being you.